To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Dudes, you guys are going to go back in time. Yeah! You are going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude! No way. No way. Yes way, Ted! Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you, and we us said what we us are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Okay, here at BossGiftSarcasm.com, of course, here at the Spare Park Studio that I built with my bare hands, my bare Jewish hands, recorded here at Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addicts, uh, CastBox, uh, Spotify, you know, all the places, all the places and the people, that's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a dime unless you want to donate to that case. You can go to positivesarcasm.com. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. TikTok at positive sarcasm. YouTube, positive sarcasm and positive sarcasm podcast. And wherever else, just Google me. You can find me on the Googles too. I got good stuff. I got bad stuff. I got stuff I agree with. I got stuff I don't agree with. I got stuff that has uh, questions that require my answers. Uh, I have overreactions and underdeclarements, and I have an original thought that didn't come from me, so it's not my thought. Therefore, I don't know if it's original. But let's go ahead and just move through this anyways. Am I even recording into this stupid microphone? All right, here we go. Yep, let's get this uh, 50 minutes and milk it as much as a dry cow. Let's see. Can I move this thing out of the way? Okay. All right. So I've been uh, going through the stock market and uh, reading a bunch of... uh, commentaries of those you know looking at the current marketplace and all that other shit and you know normally i'm just looking at numbers and predictions and patterns and uh you know volatility and just all other bs that at the end of the day i only care about whether or not it makes me any money and there was this one i was on kitco.com and one of the writers at the very very bottom once he was talking about uh whatever he was talking about He wanted to close with America right now. He wanted to close about his thoughts about recent developments. And I figured I'm going to read what he said word for word, uh, just regarding everything. And it's, it's a, it's a true statement. 
um, that pretty much applies to everyone. So I will read this thing word for word. And it's important that um, I, I, first of all, I, I like the statement. It was not done by any celebrity. Because it's one thing for me to criticize somebody like uh, Alyssa Milano, but then say that Denzel Washington knows what he's talking about. So that's why, I mean, it's it's one thing you have to catch yourself in when you say that somebody else doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about, but then you go ahead and it's a, and it's a celebrity, but then you say this celebrity is saying the right thing, and then it's like, well, now you're a hypocrite. And my job as a hypocrite is to point out other hypocrites. You see what I'm saying? Anyways, here are the notes. I'll read this exactly as Kitco uh, wrote it. America has always been a bastion of free enterprise, filled with racial, gender, religious, social, and financial polar extremes. What makes it work is that people realize that they are in control of their destiny. Our policemen, politicians, business leaders, rags-to-riches stories, protesters, and bad actors are not aliens, but the product of our collective way of life. I will go to my grave believing that anyone who puts every fiber into his being into the pursuit of an elegant lifestyle is and is willing to make the sacrifices and to listen to mentors can succeed beyond their wildest imagination. This is how countries change, one by one. Books altered my life from end to end. Books opened my conscientiousness Consciousness? My consciousness. Books opened my consciousness to worlds that were foreign to me. Books gave me entry to networks of people that would not consider me otherwise. Books proved to me that the most that most people are in, not independent thinkers, but followers. Books forced me to think big. Are there innumerable cases of corruption and injustice? Are there more events of wrongdoing each and every day? The answer is a resounding yes. The second you internally believe, with all your mental capabilities, that no government, no boss, no neighbor, no family member, nothing outside of yourself can shape you or hurt you unless you allow it to, you are made free. You will not change, you will not wait for change from others, but will do it to your, you will do it yourself, upon yourself. The rest is out of your control. Nothing truer said than that right there. There are so many people out there that just see the facts and it is ingrained in them or they haven't been properly educated or raised to maintain focus, maintain discipline. So it's at a moment's notice they don't get what they want or they don't get what they think they want. They just burst they just burst out in anger. Because they have never ever had an opportunity to take responsibility of their own life and create the things that they truly want. That's the I mean I think Morgan Freeman said it in a movie. He's like, "Yeah, people don't get what they want every day, but since ha- when have they had a clue about what they've wanted?" Do you know what you want in your own life? Do you can you call bullshit the moment you see it? Are you aware of how long it takes to put something like this together? Do you understand the sacrifices that I make? Let's put it in my perspective. Putting this podcast, the studio together took me an afternoon. Like just re- moving the furniture in, coming up with the ideas, painting the table, adding in little knickknacks. The the foundation of this thing was set up within a few hours. Collecting the merchandise, upgrading it, um, adding to it, this took years. That took years uh, uh, of doing. To create this podcast the way it is now took years, took Six years. So that's a, and you know what? And I'm I'm getting older, so it's harder to uh, teach an old dog new tricks. It take or let me put it this way: it's longer for me to unlearn. Because when you're younger, you don't un you don't unlearn. You just learn. You learn bad habits, good habits, discipline, creativity, different languages, 
you learn faster. But as you get older, you have to unlearn. You have to un- you have to unwire and rewire certain aspects of your life. But as you get older, you have more responsibilities. As a kid, you can just, what's this? What's that? How does that work? Why does it work this way? I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. That's different. Now we have built-in responsibilities for the time, for the world that we live in. We have responsibilities at that time to do what is necessary to get through that day. And every five to ten years, something changes. And whether we learn to adapt to it or optimize it is another thing altogether. But some people, for example, if you're a doctor, it takes you ten years to get through medical school. But by the time you get through medical school, science has changed. Medical science has changed. So you have a doctor who spends 10 to 12 years doing neurological science, gets a degree for it, the science has changed. So how do we change this? How do we optimize the opportunities that we have in front of us now in order to have a better, healthier, more understanding culture, uh, family life, job environment, small business uh, ventures, just overall lifestyle? It takes, it takes people so long. First of all, you have somebody that at the age of 18, they start entering medical school. By the time they're 30, they're out. They're half a million dollars in debt. They work for a company. And they're already 30. So now they're relying on the training that they have from the last 12 years of, of uh, science that constantly evolves or devolves. And then they have to, on top of all that, fulfill their administrative duties in order to maintain employment unless they're an independent doctor. So looking at all of this, seeing all these angles and understanding all these angles, it's much harder for you to make, for you to make an educated, make a decision in the best interest of somebody else when, and, and continue to learn. When you just got shoved 12 years of, of knowledge and then at a, and now nowadays with technology constantly evolving, it's all different now. You imagine like you go into it, you go into it, let me uh, dumb it down. S- say you spend five years in a hole, five years in a hole learning one specific thing. And then as soon as you come out of that hole, everything's different. Everything you learned or the, a lot, the vast majority of what you learned is bullshit. And you have to un- now you have to unravel that entire uh, ball that is your brain, and re and re- and then redo it. Does it make sense nowadays to be uh, a-, a master of one instead of a jack of all trades? Which way? Which way is it? Should you be a master carpenter? Yeah, maybe. Should you be a uh, master brain surgeon? I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out altogether, but at the same time. I know that I don't have the skills to be an excellent guitarist. I'm sure if I really tried hard enough, I could be a, a good guitarist. I know, I know if I trained, if I if I practice for hours on end, I could be a good guitarist. I know if I practiced really hard or trained really hard, I could be a good uh, basketball player. But I won't be in that one one percent. I know that. I have to accept that. But I know that if I dabble in a, a, a lot of different things, I have a chance to do something really powerful with my own life. So if I learn a little bit of technology on how to podcast, I learn how to edit a little bit of, uh, I learn how to edit video. I'm not the best video editor, not even close. But I know how to do what I need to on the fly faster than others and I can produce a better product than most. But the thing is, is I've come to be able to do this all on my own. I don't need to hire a a website editor. I don't need to hire a video editor. I don't need to hire an audio editor. There are some things that I hire out to do, like for example, voiceover work. I have a girl that's specifically for that because if I, I can learn really, if I need to, I can learn how to produce, uh, create my own guitar. If I wanted to learn guitar, because it made me, it made financial sense for me to learn guitar, I'd learn guitar. I can't be voiceover though. That's the one thing is I'm not, that isn't my thing. That takes 
too much time and effort. I have a, a person who I would bill for that. That's different. That is a trait that requires a lot of time and effort and money. And sometimes just you're born with that talent. And it just makes sense to, instead of being a, a, tra- a jack of all these trades, where I do some voiceover work, but mostly for just concepts that I dabble in. But if I'm going to be doing professional work, it, it makes sense to, to put that out there to somebody who's a master in it. But I can at, at that point, I can continue to be a jack of all trades, where it's editing video, flying drones, uh, 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 you know, podcast stuff, all this other, all this other shit. That's where I'm a master of. I'm a master of being a jack of all trades because I, it allows me to get through each and every day as efficiently as possible. And it also allows me, according to this article, according to this commentary here, uh, my mental capability. The, uh, the government, bosses, neighbors, family members, they affect me minimally. For example, mental capabilities. Mental capabilities has a lot to do with my physical, my, my physical appearance and my mental, my mental uh, fitness, mental and physical fitness. My mentality is I do, I get what needs to be done as soon as it comes to mind. I take care of myself physically so that my mind and body are in sync 24-7. I take, not medications, supplements so that I don't have to ever take medications. So my mental capability, I make sure that I internally believe that my mental capability is free from anyone else having to make decisions regarding it. Because they have in the past, they can't now. The government. How has the government affected my life? Financially, they're involved in it all the time. Financially, I have to pay taxes. Financially, I have to obey federal laws. Financially, I can't fly my drone into a fucking airliner or fly above a certain height, 400 feet normally. But their interference, especially recently, has been minimal. Minimal, I think. So I work in a range where they have... Very little involvement in my life, which is great. Now, when there is an issue, I bring it up. But for the most part, I don't have to bring government into this. That's what's so great about this podcast. I don't have to talk about politics. No boss. I put myself in a position where, positive sarcasm, I am my own boss. I have contractors. I have people that I do have to answer to you know, on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, you pay me to do a job. Okay? Simple as that. You pay me to do a job. But it's you're hiring me for my creativity. And the most part, we all have bosses that we answer to. How much you want those bosses involved in your life depends entirely up to you. We all have choices that we can make. We all have bullshit that we have to put up with on a daily basis. But you can put yourself in a position where your boss doesn't affect a vast majority of your day. Okay. There are some things that are out of your control, but you can put yourself in a position where it's... People complain about their bosses all the time. They do. A lot of the times, though, it's their own damn fault. Chances are you're not where you want to be in life because of you. You're the only person standing in your way. So that covers mental, government, and bosses. Neighbors. I don't piss off my neighbors. I actually, through the effort of my appearance and the things I do outside, on the outside of, uh, uh, appearance outside of my house, my neighbors respect and appreciate what I do. And am I and I'm on good terms with all of them. So therefore, they don't affect my life. And if they do, it's very little. You respect your neighbors, they'll respect you. Family members. Family members is a tricky one. It depends on how much you rely on your family members. But they have to understand that you have your own life and you will make your own decisions. That's it. 
Family members, especially older ones, do the best they can to protect their last name. It's your job to protect your own beliefs and your own values. You were born, you now have your own set of values. They will evolve eventually that will slightly differ from your family members. Don't press what you believe upon your family members, and you make damn sure that they don't press what they believe upon you. You will have some similar values to them, but when it comes to your own independence, it's your job to make sure that when they press upon you, you respond not with aggression, but with a wall, with a wall saying basically, hey, see this fence? That's where you are. This is where I am. Just make sure that you can do you. You do what you need to do to get through your day. I have my own values. People, families fight all the freaking time. But like your neighbors, there are boundaries. You come together on common ground, and then we go our separate ways. You don't share fucking beds with your, you don't share a bed with your family. You don't do that, metaphorically. Well, in, all in general. But we go about our own ways because we have our own way of living life. Some people choose to get up at 6 a.m. Some people choose to get up at 8 a.m. Some people choose to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Why? Depends. If you need to get up, if you need to, to get up an, an extra 15 minutes later, okay. Same goes for anything else in life. Some people like to go to the gym for 90 minutes. You go for an hour. It depends on your lifestyle. Depends on your life goals. Same goes for family. You got the way you talk to your mother, your father, your siblings, your kids. It's all in your control. Nothing outside of yourself. Once you're an adult, once you are an adult, okay, who can drink, smoke, vote, once you're an adult, nothing in those, fa- nothing, all those factors that I just relayed out to you should factor, should shape you to the point where you're no longer an independent. You're no longer an individual. You are free to do whatever you need or whatever you want in life if you're putting a true amount of effort into something. It takes a long time to get even a fraction of where you want to be. And you don't always make it. But the information you take when you are, when you if you do fail, there's a lot of information there to be had. I've been with other organizations as far as other startup companies. And I wasn't in control of them, and I didn't understand small business back then. Still don't really now. But having your own thing, just in general. It wasn't my, I wasn't in control. They were, they shut it down. I was left with no country. But now, through years of trial and error, and just making words with my face, same thing I'm doing now, I'm trying to relay with re, relay to you re, relay to you that for the past 22 minutes with everything going on you are still in control. It's your choice where you start your business, it's your choice when you get up in the morning, it's your choice when to when to start, when to stop, when to fight, when to flight, when to speak, when to shut your mouth when to hang on, and when to collect. You got to know that. You got to know that. Sometimes people just fly off the cuff. And when they do that, they have essentially throw everything away. Some fights are just not worth fighting. Some arguments are just not worth being had. You have to understand that it doesn't matter who you walk into, whether it's it's racial, gender, religious, social, financial, you got a goal in life. You got to look ahead. You got to focus on that. Pay attention to what's in front of you. Move everything else out of the way. The vast majority of what you see and read on the news, what's going through your, your, your social media feed, it's nothing more than a distraction. It's nothing more than a distraction. So do yourselves a favor. Focus on what you want out of your life and spend every waking moment trying to go after it. And if you can't spend it, well, I would like for you to do that. But if you can't, at least try to make an effort to put an hour into it every single day. Treat it like a child. 
You got to make that child grow. You got to spend time with it. And sometimes that child bites back and fights back and doesn't do what you want it to do. I fight with computers all day long. They sometimes don't act the way you want them to. But if you stick with it and pick your battles, there are going to be avenues of success. And when you struggle, the more you more you struggle at the end mark, when you've actually succeeded, that struggle is, is going to feel so much more satisfying. So much more satisfying. Now, my struggle as of recently is through all of this turmoil that's seemingly going on and this fucking bullshit virus where 80% of, uh, we needed ventilators. That was the big cry back in March. We need ventilators. Where 80%, or apparently from the first initial statistics, which are due to change, that 80% of people that were put on uh, ventilators died because your lungs shut down. I wonder how that's going to correlate to the amount of deaths that we have in the United States where if 80%, number one, how many people were put on ventilators due to COVID? Number two, how many people died on those ventilators because of COVID? So if those 80, like for example, 100,000 people got COVID. No, let's put it this way. If 100,000 people died because of COVID and 80% of them were put on ventilators, so 80,000 of 100,000 people were put on ventilators and 80% of the 80,000 died. Okay. Well, there you go. That's it. That's an interesting thought. So think so take that into account where we kind of overblew everything. So looking into things the more you look into things it seems like there's there's always something there's always more to it. To well, how I, how do I want to word this? Initial reactions are always uh, poor. I remember when the coronavirus first I guess hit. I had some major concerns. Major concerns. So I went from fear. And then I went to anger. So, hold on, I'm responding to a text. See, I'm trying to take advantage of the opportunities I have in, uh, uh, in front of me. Because I'm trying to make money. This company's about making money, and I got to make money when it's available. Any cent I can. But I went from, going back, I initially, initially was worried. Not for myself, because I'm a healthy son of a bitch. I was concerned about other people, and I would actually feel bad. I can't believe it. I actually feel bad for the people. I would feel I would have felt bad if I gave something to somebody and it and, and it resulted in their death or missing out at work, or they gave it to somebody that truly could get sick from it. And then a lot of the minutia started to clear, and I found out that a lot of this was very, very much overblown. Very much bullshit. And then I became angry. Well, there's no need for me to be angry. I can be angry if I want. I can be angry twice a week. I'm allowed to be angry twice a week. And those twice a weeks are when I'm recording for the podcast. And I've had some epic fucking meltdowns on this podcast. But staying in control, staying in control and knowing what options I have in front of me, even with... Uh, uh, shutdown, government shutdowns, riots, looting, whatever is affecting my life. I still have options. I can still make decisions. And because I've made certain decisions in my life or have stood or, or had a stance and stood true to it, I'm in a position now where I'm financially as good as I've ever been. I have more potential. I have, it's The future is promising for me and my relationships are the healthiest they've ever been and all the toxic ones uh, have been left in the past and I would like to keep them there I hope they stay there so I'm in control for the most part I'm, I mean 
A lot of things are in my control. Not everything. But I'm not blaming anyone else, anybody else for my current status. Where I am right now is good. And it's because of it's because of me. I am responsible for where I am right now. And I can trace it all the way back to having a mother and a father. I had two people at the, at home in the very beginning. And I also had a brother and a sister where I could take some of my aggression out on. My brother and I got along very well. My sister and I, not really. But those roles have reversed completely where I don't talk to one. Well, they don't talk to me. And the other one, you know, we talk all the time. And then I have her family as well. So it's like, okay, great. And then I had a mother and a father. And those two opposite ends allowed me to see very different uh, spectrums of life. But it allowed me to investigate even deeper into the aspects of human nature. In the aspects of uh, how we get our information, how we get our misinformation. Realizing that the problems you see out there in the world, people are, are dealing with issues where they ask you a question. Like I read these dig Q&As and I see that people are dealing with the most tepid bullshit. But it's like, okay, well, if they're having problems figuring this out, then we've got a long way to go in general. And I realize that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I plead of you to right now less is more. Whereas before you make any decisions, know right away that you need to investigate every every which way you get your news sources. If you're on Twitter, you need to you need to understand is Twitter helping you be a better person? If yes, if, if Twitter is helping you make money, be a better person, be more informed, and be more educated, then stay on it. If not, get off it. Is the news, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, uh, who else? Huffington Post, The Hill. If they are helping you be more informed, make money, be a better person, be a better person in your community, then stay on them. If not, get off them. If they're not helping you, delete them from your news feed, get them out of your life. If being on other social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, 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 Gab AI, Minds, ThinkSpot, TikTok, whatever, Snapchat, which ones are helping you, which ones are not? Look at all of them. You have to look. You really do have to look. How much of this shit is taking up your day from accomplishing the things you originally started out with? You could go in an Instagram hole. I used, I remember when I used to go, I'd be on Instagram. Next thing I know, 20 minutes have gone by. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? This isn't solving anything. It's not solving anybody. It's not solving anything. I'm look at the end of the day, you're just looking at pretty pictures. That's really what it boils down to. When you're looking at Instagram, you're just looking at another form of Pinterest. You're just looking at fucking pretty pictures. It's not doing anything for you. However, there are if you are look if you are on there like I'm on Instagram, I like Mustangs, I want to get ideas for Mustangs for my Mustang. Okay, then you search that hashtag and you sm fo only focus on that one. Okay, then maybe that's the way it helps you. I can guarantee you though, Mustang owners are not going to pay for Instagram's bills. They're not going to flip they're not going to flip the bill for Instagram. It's not going to work that way. So it's not going to help you. It's really in the long run it's not going to help you. This guy says in this article uh which is entitled Crash Landing by Kitco where books information from the beginning of time whether it's metaphorical like the Bible or you know true to its word factual information like encyclopedias or financial data or or uh, uh Alexander Solzhenitsyn the guy who wrote the Gulag Archipelago or Dante's Inferno books with true value and information behind them books on World War II and World War 1 books on the Holocaust books on Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement 
books that give you proper information and insight on other people who did things as well as they could using the values that they had. Information on if you want to learn jujitsu. Well, start with the origins. Start with the origins of martial arts. Start with Bruce Lee and then move on from there. Because you don't want to go into, you don't want to be like, I'm going to take taekwondo. I'm going to take taekwondo and I'm going to learn how to do super fast kicks and I'm going to become a black belt in taekwondo. And then a judo master comes along and fucking ropes the shit out of you. I just spent 10 years in taekwondo and just got my ass kicked by a blue belt judo. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? So, becoming a jack of all trades has allowed me to look just deep enough in each one of these categories to where they affect my life not enough for me to falter. Every day is a little bit better. I watch the stock market. I no longer panic. I read the news. I don't get scared. I see what the government does. I ignore the vast majority of it. I don't pay attention to it. In a lot of ways, I don't participate. I don't like this discussing it because it only makes people angry. I say, any, I say enough shit anyways that can make people angry, but I just ignore most of it. I try to find the information I see as a value that's going to make humanity better. The good stuff. Like, for example, Elon Musk drilling. Good thing. IBM no longer offering, developing, or researching facial, facial recognition technology. Good thing. FCC granting six-month extension allowing internet service providers to continue charging equipment rental fees. Bad thing. The vegan diet. Good thing. And in some ways, a bad thing. Now, diets are not bad things. They're not. Vegan diet, keto diet, slow-carb diets, carnivore diets, none of them are bad things. They all help. It's just that not everybody can be on one specific diet. They can't. Too many genetics, uh, immune immunodeficiencies, regions, uh, do, and then regional restrictions. So, but at that one, I'm not going to turn the dial all the way left or all the way right. And then, of course, CrossFit, facing mass exodus after CEO's controversial tweet regarding the recent protests and all that stuff. Okay. CrossFit. I make fun of it. But fitness in general, good thing, needed thing. But then all of a sudden it makes, it makes massive backlash. People are saying, I'm not doing Chris CrossFit anymore. Okay, what are you going to do then? Are you going to do anything of value? Are you going to go, are you going to still do working out? What are you going to do? Are you going to do some, something else? Or are you just done, done working out? You're going to go to the gym and lift. I mean, what does this mean? What does that mean? So you read the art, you read beyond the art, the article. A lot, a lot of times these editors, these uh, chief editors will make a title that has nothing to do or very little to do with the actual article piece. Because right now, more than ever, common news, like mainstream news is suffering suffering big time. So all they use is clickbait and they use fear because as humans, we are designed to look for danger. We're designed. We're genetically designed to look for danger. So in that case, if we're designed to look for danger, we're looking for bad news. And who has bad news? All the major news sources. And then on top of that, when a lot of those journalists who don't get paid or paid very little, they get fired from all these other large news organizations. They don't work out. They go to places like Axios, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, TMZ. They go to smaller other places, mostly online media. And they post shit like that. And they're just trying to get attention. Right now, these little these little guys with their, with their clickbaity uh, article pieces... They're tear they're tearing away at the mainstream news. Like the sun the sun before it bursts and swallows us whole, it's gonna get very big. Before the sun dies, it's going to expand before it contracts. 
a lot of companies, large companies, before they lay people off, they expand. They get really big because there's a lot of work they're taking on. And then when those projects are done, they shrink right up and they get absorbed within the company. I remember United Health Group did that a long time ago when they bought a company in New York called Oxford. They soaked up Oxford, took all their inf- took all that information, and then soaked up the vast majority of it into United. And then basically there was only a small handful of people working on that platform. The rest of them, they moved on to other stuff, got integrated, or were laid off. So I'm telling you that this is I'm, I'm stemming from this article that a lot of this information you have to you have to truly read, understand what you're reading, and see if it's of any value. And I'm trying to search for a lot. I'm saying these articles like Elon Musk, the drilling thing, the facial recognition stuff, the vegan diet, the FCC granting six month extensions, the fa- the CrossFit backlash. This information I would not have been able to find. If I wasn't curating my feeds to see information that wasn't bullshit. Because a lot of these companies that that do your feeds, they will fill it with the most mainstream stuff. And if you don't get rid of the bullshit stuff, because a lot of these companies, a lot of these mainstream news sources, they pump out hundreds of articles a day. Hundreds of articles a day that are technically designed to hit every ha- to hit every hashtag to clog up the front lines of of of, of what you see, and you got to pierce through all that shit and move it aside, and make sure that every time that shit pops up, you don't click on it. And the more you don't go that, and the more you don't go that rabbit hole down that rabbit hole, the easier you'll be able to spot bullshit right away, and. As uh, you know, a Tinder a Tinder junkie would be like, swipe left. You can get out of the way. They'd be like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Hey, Chase, calm down. So, so I got Chase in here, puppy. So, I'm trying to say to you is, sharpen your mind so that you are no longer susceptible to the bullshit that's going on on a daily basis. You will run into obstacles every day of your life. How many obstacles is completely up to you. You will be able to, as your mind gets sharper, take on any obstacle, get through it faster, and be more efficient with your day, allowing you time to be uh, focused on your goals and your dreams, your family, your uh, your projects that you're working on, anything that you want to be doing, you'll ha- you'll be more efficient to get through the bullshit and get along with your day. So I'm gonna move on to Q and A, but I wanted everybody to know that uh, I take all I do see what's going on. I understand it from at least my angle very very well. I've spent a lot of time listening and reading and trying to understand these things. I see it from I see it from a very clear angle. I know exactly what's going on. Okay. I know exactly what's going on and I know exactly how it affects me. And I'm still learning new shit every day. But I will never go with the main I will never go with the mainstream. I will never do what people tell me to do. I will never be pressured from social from the social engineering that's going on into telling me what I need to do. I will never dive into the outrage. I've been fooled too many times. Never again. Never again. I'm not going to be a part of it. So, I'm going to move on to dig Q&A. And, actually, hold on let me a second here. Anyways, sorry about that. <clears throat> so, I'm going to move on to dig Q&A. I got Pupper here. Uh, I'm in the studio for another 15 minutes, and then I'm going to move on. Let's see. I want to get to, I do want to get to Q&A because I found some interesting ones that have everything to do with uh, just a perfect example of why I like these Q&As. Is just, we still have a long way to go in figuring out the most tedious bullshit in our lives. 
So, yeah. As humans, we're complicated. We're flawed. We are... This is not... These problems that we have in our entire life are not going to be fixed overnight. And sometimes they can't be solved with just serious talk and instant, uh, instant answers. Some things take a long time and a lot of frustration. And sometimes you have to solve problems through jokes. So... Um, sometimes you got to joke your way through them. Sometimes you have to, you stumble your way through a lot of these problems in order to get to where you need to go. Sometimes they need discussion. So here's, let's see, like for perfect example, here's the first Q and A of the day. Sorry, I'm distracted. I got, there's the UPS guy out there knocking on the door. There is a text message from somebody who wants to purchase some inventory that I have. There is, uh, I got a dog in front of me. It's just, see, see what I have to put up with? See the life I, how hard my life is? I got distracted. This shit happens. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did make some money today. Pretty happy about that. Just from being a good guy. Isn't that right, buddy? Okay. All right. Here we go. Sit, sit. There you go. Good boy. See, I'm a human being too. I'm not just this guy with this perfectly, uh, you know, formatted uh, podcast and I got, you know, I got, I got, I got a lot of love for this dog in front of me, my, uh, you know, my fans and my friends and it's, it's not perfectly curated. And sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like I don't, I need to stumble through these podcasts. I remember when I first was doing it cause I was just looking for content in general, but I sometimes like to just stumble through this podcast. I'm literally just, I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking out loud. Um, it just into a microphone, really just thinking out loud and trying to figure shit out. Like is two, you know, is two plus two really four? Well, yeah, it is, but I'm really trying to solve some problems in my head that I maybe don't have time for during the day. And maybe the only way I can do it is to sit here and just talk through it on the microphone. You may, you may not understand what I'm talking about right at the very moment. I could be talking about something for 40 minutes and you'd be like, I have no fucking clue what he's saying. And then next week's podcast, it's like, oh, I figured it out. You know, I don't want to just sit here and discuss, oh, I don't want to discuss uh, current events. There's plenty of co- there's plenty of podcasts for that. There's plenty of radio for that. Okay. There's plenty of bullshit for that. I need to come out here and I need to not be original, but just do what I can with the, the stuff that I have in front of me with the knowledge that's circling in my head trying to piece it together in this puzzle of life. And if I can help some people along the way, great. It's like art. It's different for everybody. Uh, what should I do after discovering that my boyfriend has been using a fake voice for our entire two-year relationship? I have been with my boyfriend for two years. After we met online, we were long distance, but he only texted me. And at a point, I told him I couldn't continue without a video call to ensure he is who he says. He said he was insecure about his voice on the phone, kept putting it off until I gave him an ultimatum. An ultimatum, excuse me. We had our video call. I told him I loved his voice and we haven't had a problem without with calling since. His voice was raspy, like strained vocal cords, so I figured that he was that's why he was self-conscious. After we met, we saw each other every other weekend, alternating drives until we got a place together in my town 6 months ago. He met my family and friends. I've only met one of his friends because he was his roommate. He says he was other friends aren't really close and he has a strained relationship with his family. His mom has been calling him since he moved, but he always ignores them. Earlier this week, he actually took the phone outside and called her back, but asked me for some privacy. They talked for almost three hours. When he finally came in, he looked happy. I asked him how it went and he immediately answered. He immediately, immediately he answered really well but I swear he sounded a lot like a Muppet character. It was not my boyfriend's voice by a long shot. He went from a deep, raspy voice to a to Mickey Mouse. I sincerely thought he was joking, so I laughed. He started a coughing fit, but I thought he was laughing too. Nope, he asked what I was laughing at, and I told him whatever that impression was, legitimately thinking he was making some weird joke. He got pissed at me and went back to his regular gravelly voice, I guess, and told me his voice cracked from talking too much. Well, today, when he was ignoring his phone call again, I asked why he got quiet. 
And after trying to figure out what was wrong with him, he finally opened up that he's been faking his voice our entire relationship to the point he believed it. And when he talked to his mom, his natural voice just came out, and I embarrassed him. I don't know what to think. I both feel like an asshole for laughing at him, and it's not my fault that he lied about his voice and then randomly went from The Witcher to Sesame Street. Uh, you know what? You were laughing. It was in good faith. It's actually don't. Well, yeah, you feel like kind of an asshole, but it's actually no big deal. And he was super insecure. He didn't cheat on you. He didn't tell you that he was a millionaire and then he actually works at fucking GameStop. This is actually a harmless thing that, you know, I was watching an episode of Dave and the, something similar, similar uh, like this popped up as one of the, you know, comedic scenarios. It's actually, it's honest, it's quite adorable, and it's very forgivable. This is in no way the inner circles of hell. This is not even a betrayal. This is just a childish insecurity about uh, a boy trying to grow up, but some things won't let him, you know. I mean, it could be anything. You could have small calves or uh, a high-pitched voice. I got a high-pitched voice, you know. Um... But it's you got to be well. First of all, if you really if you want to have a strong male voice, I mean, just start smoking cigarettes and drinking bourbon, and you'll get that voice. Trust me. But it's understandable. It's not even a, it's not even a random. It's not even a matter of it being forgivable. It's just one of those things that if you're okay with it and you still think he's a man and he still loves you and treats you great, then okay, fine, whatever. You just be like, hey, you know, I love you for who you are, and no big deal. I hope that you can come around to it. But I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I think it's perfectly okay. I do. I think I think you're okay. Uh, all right. Mm, let's do one more. Let's get out of here for the day. This one's weird. Should I elope so my mom will stop pressuring me to talk about her dead parrot at my wedding? My mother has a beautiful parrot to over for over a decade until it died five years ago. Ever since then, I've gotten a monthly update about Polly. Think it's raining today. Polly always loved the rain. Or Happy Halloween, missing Polly. I understand my mother's sadness at losing her pet and try to be supportive without letting our entire conversation be about Polly. My mother chooses to do whatever your mother needs to to grieve, which means their house is basically a Polly shrine and discussion of getting another pet is forbidden. My fiancé and I plan to get married next summer. My mother has already insisted someone mention Polly during my wedding. Originally, she wanted Polly mentioned in the formal speeches and among the family pictures at the reception. Polly-themed dessert and favors. I put my foot down and said my wedding will not become a, a bird funeral six years after the fact. My father told me, my father told her she needs to toe down the Polly demands and told me I should do one small thing. He suggested Polly's photo incorporated into my mom's mother, the bride corsage. My fiance privately laughs about the whole thing and says we should elope anyway. I'm leaning toward eloping just to avoid dealing with my mom's bird grief on a day that was supposed to be about the love I have found with my fiance. I agree with your with your with your statement there uh, at the end. It the love that you have found with your fiance. I completely agree with that sentiment right there. That's what your your wedding is about. You and the person you've decided to go through the best of times, through the worst of times, and work through your differences together. That's what it's all about. It's not some fuck it's not about some fucking dead bird. I understand that as somebody who lost a father, that being a memoriam at a wedding, at a piece of a wedding, wasn't my decision though for the wedding. It was a small token that was on uh the court uh, the, the bouquet that was thrown at the end of the wedding. That's it. Actually, no, that that one was not. But it was a piece of the wedding, but it was a very small piece. Anything in memoriam is nothing bigger than that. But this wedding, a wedding should not be about the bride and groom's family members. The wedding should be about the two people who are committing, committing, who are uh, coming together for something that's sacred. It should be about nothing else other than that. And... As far as the Polly thing, that's for you to figure out. Obviously, just get her a fucking dog. Uh, you know. But as far as the wedding, your wedding is your wedding. And if this is going to be that much of an issue, I mean, obviously, well, you can go to, you can go one of two ways. You can either confront, confront your mother and tell her, knock this shit off. Otherwise, you're not fucking invited to the wedding, which, I mean, I wouldn't see that happening. Or number two, just eloping anyways and being done with the whole thing. 
So you could go one of the two ways. I do wish you luck. I do agree with you that it is kind of ridiculous. No, it's super ridiculous. And that your wedding is your own. And that it is a love that you have found with your fiance. And your fiance is right to laugh about it. And as a dude, yeah, it was just a lope. We're dudes. We're just like, fuck it. I don't want to deal with it. Let's just go somewhere else. It's perfect. That's actually great. Because then you don't have to deal with anything. Dudes are good with that. They don't want to deal with family. They just take off. And they make decisions on their own. That's how shit gets done. Because when you elope, you're married. Mission accomplished. Minimal effort required. A wedding? A wedding is a big production. And everybody's got to have their fucking input. And because everybody's got to have their input, you don't have to tell everybody to shut up. And then it becomes more of a strain on the uh, on the bride. And it's just a fucking mess. That being said, I love weddings. If you need a videographer, you know who to call. Uh, and I will work with you the best I can um, to meet your financial goals. But as far as if you just want to elope, yeah, I get I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. Fucking Polly. Uh, anyways, uh, we're, I'm done for today. I wanted to, uh, express my feelings and extend upon every thought that was coming through my head the best way I could. But until then, we're at 54, almost 55 minutes. We're done. Uh, I wanted to, uh, extend my, uh, deepest thanks to all my listeners, subscribers, and anybody visiting my website. If you have questions or comments, you can email me directly at positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Podcast at CastBox. Anywhere where podcasts are available, you can find me there. Like, subscribe, share, rate, review, comment. Uh, and then, of course, you can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, just email me directly or go to my website and contact me there. Until then, I would like to thank you all for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week, recorded here at the Spare Parts Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.